Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 33, episode 33 of the podcast. Full disclosure, this is the first time we're recording back on Zoom in a while. The last one was episode 30, episode 31, right after the Brewer game. Drew's Basement, you know, beautiful time recording there live, first time ever. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Last week, I didn't have a voice. I was coming down with a little bit of a cold, and I had to announce on Saturday, announce some hockey, three games. Voice was completely shot. Sunday, I was supposed to announce four games. I couldn't do it. I had to stay home. I mean, I, I felt really bad. I never call him to work sick. I never don't show up. And But how am I supposed to do play-by-play play without a voice? So I couldn't. And if you're new, my name is Jordan Lorenz. This is Jordan and Drew, the Sports Group, episode 33. And I'm joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, we've been very, 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 very very busy lately, approaching a year, approaching episode 50, slowly but surely getting there. But how are you doing? I mean, it, it's a lot to keep up with, but we're doing our best. Yeah, I'm doing well, Jordan. It's been a while since we've had you on, like you said, but thankfully we've had some great guests like Robert Schimmick, Clay Taylor, and then also Kyle Tuma coming on. So like, it's great to have people come on, really fill in, you know, with you being busy, with me being busy. So, I mean, always one of us are on the sports crew, of course, but we've just had some great guests fill in during the, the time. Oh, and we got a ton of big specials planned coming up, too. I mean, we've got more stuff, fantasy football coming up, more EWC Brewer season recap. So if you were expecting a Brewer season recap here in this episode, we are not doing our Brewer season recap. We're going to save that for a very special episode, hopefully coming out this Friday on the 29th of October. That is our tentative plan as of right now. But something comes up and we can't get it. We will have a full, it'll probably be an hour long brewer season recap. Yep. We have so much to talk about. And then Andy Haynes being fired was the most recent bit of news. So we'll yay. talk about there as well. Yeah, some yay. I'll I'll talk about that. Not the biggest fan, but kind of had to be done. So socials. We're we've got everything going. Facebook is up and running once again. Jordan and Drew the sports crew. Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew, our hunt for 300 followers. We are getting there slowly, but surely YouTube, Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. And also this podcast might not be this one, but maybe the next one might set us up for 2000 listens. So hopefully this week we hit 2000. This isn't counting YouTube views. We're at like 700 something on YouTube. So, I mean, combine the two, we're over 2000 by our already, but still we're there, Jordan. We're there. Are we really? I did check. We are actually there. So, I mean, if you always want to thank everyone, we hit the wow. 2000 mark. I didn't, I can't believe it. I mean, it feels like just yesterday I was posting in a group of about 1000, but oof, 2000 already. And I can't thank you guys enough. Drew, thank you last week. You guys got the shout out of the week. Hoodies, the last thing I guess I want to promote real quick. This is the last week to put an order in for our sweatshirts. Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, we're going with a white, a black, and a navy so three different color options i was very very worried that we wouldn't have like an even distribution and things would go south and some would cost more than others and it would be a mess of us trying to push people to get a different color but things are working out perfect all three colors are coming drew are you getting one you getting two you getting three i'm getting two of them right now i'm stuck i only want to get the black understand i'm not not a big navy blue navy person no Uh, no, and just the white sweatshirts, they never turn out well for me. I'm a messy yeah, no. person. It mm-hmm. just never works. I liked our white shirts, though, because it was something different. I don't have a whole lot of white shirts. Like you said, I mean, they're kind of dangerous, but that's the best we could do for shirts. But now yeah. that we have an option, I'm going black and navy. We're going to get them both and see how they turn out. And then we're working on something else to 
potentially come out as well. So we'll keep mm-hmm. that one on the low for now, but oof, got a lot of stuff coming up. Shout out of the week. I've got one and Drew has one. So as our little welcome back for us both being on the podcast, we got two of them this week. My shout out of the week goes to Robbie Michael, the Kohler Sheboygan Luther Christian quarterback. My goodness, state record for passing touchdowns in the entire state all time. This man set the record with 93, and he can add a few more to that list. We'll talk about their upcoming matchup on Friday, but 93 career passing touchdowns. Let's just talk about his numbers and how impressive this is. In his freshman campaign, he played in seven games. He was 25 of 59, so you know, not throwing a whole lot, but just threw two touchdowns and six interceptions, so not the best ratio. Had a 33 passer rating. Passer rating in high school doesn't mean a whole lot. But still, just threw for two touchdowns. He threw for 93 so far. So that means he threw for 91 touchdowns in his past three seasons, 24 in his sophomore year with 13 interceptions, and the numbers just keep getting better. 21 in his junior year last year with seven interceptions, and 36 this year could potentially be more with six interceptions. And a lot of these interceptions came late in the year. I mean, he was riding around one and two from the majority of his senior year. I mean, Drew, this dude is something else. 93 career passing touchdowns in high school and 35 career rushing touchdowns, only two fumbles, and I mean, 32 interceptions, but still, this dude is insane. Yeah, he's got conference player of the year all over him, Jordan. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he he's something else. We had him on the podcast, actually. If you have not listened to it, I'd go back to it. It's actually when he broke or tied the state record for most touchdowns in a game. It was myself and Robert Schimmick. We sat down with him. So go back and listen to that if you have not. And Jordan, you want to hear my shout out over the week? Oh, yes, please. Here it is. So two guys named Matt Zinets and Jim Nagy, they made an NFL scouting buzz report for some college Ooh. players. And lo and behold, there is someone from Valor's on the list, an offensive tackle from Central Michigan, Luke Gedeke. He has made their NFL scouting buzz list. They project him. Possibly if he, if he gets invited to the senior bowl, they project him to go in the third or the fourth round, possibly Whoa. as an offensive lineman. And he was, he always had NFL p- potential when he transferred to central Michigan, but the concern always, he, he's had some injury issues. I mean, the last few years he's, he's been really banged up had, and has just some injury problems, but he's really overcome it this year. I, he's a senior now, I believe. And he's just, I, I think he's like a fifth year senior actually is what, what he's classified as, but he should be entering the draft next year, and if everything goes right and goes well, he should be drafted. So that's pretty cool to have someone come out of Alders High School as a football player and potentially will be an NFL offensive lineman. I mean, if they're projecting him to go in the third, I don't really see how he wouldn't be. It's just kind of how he can transition and do in the bigs. That's awesome. I mean, that's huge. And fifth year senior, you said we're recording Saturday night, late Saturday night. It might be Sunday by the time we're done recording, but. There was a six-year senior in the Badger game that they were talking about today. So, I mean, that was crazy to see. But we'll talk Badgers coming up, and we've got a lot of stats of the week to get to. Staying in the world of college football, Drew, did you – I didn't watch any of this game, but did you see Illinois and Penn State went into nine overtimes? I was able to catch the last five overtimes. So oh, good Lord. This game – it was something else. I actually, fun fact, I didn't realize that in college when they do the overtimes, they basically just do like trade-offs of two-point conversions, and then you like That's elect after to go. after the third overtime, yeah. 
yeah, I, I did not realize that that was kind of the way they did it. So it, it was really fun for me to just watch the strategy between the two coaches. Just if you want to de- defer, defer or you want to like, and if you defer, you go second or whatever, and then you go first. Yeah. And it was just really fun to watch the the fun plays they they were drawing up there because it, it was at the three or the four yard line was where you you would start, okay. and. It, yeah, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. And of course, when they would make the two point conversion, the other team would. So you go to the next one and then, ooh, they made it again. Are they going to make it? Oh, they did. And then just they both missed it. And then finally we saw Illinois. They had him wide open and like all he had to do was just throw it. He almost missed him, but thankfully mm-hmm. he caught him. He got him when he was open. They won. Illinois got the upset against the Nittany Lions. Oh, I was going to say that at nine overtimes and it only being 20 to 18, you'd think it'd be a little more high scoring than that. But hey, I mean, I can't. That's insane. First game ever to go nine overtimes. 10 to 10 end of regulation. So like there was like five two point conversions, five two point, like then four. So it was 2018, right? It was the final. Yes. Yeah. So that was, oh my God. That game was wild. It was long, but it was fun. Oh, did it start at 11? Um, It was that ABC game. It might have been. It might have. Okay, yeah, and then it ended at like three thirty, close yep. to four. Three and some which change. Is insane. Yeah, that's my goodness. Kudos to those announcers who stayed for the whole thing. But if you get a good game like that, why not? So, let's go to some baseball. Actually, we got two more football ones, and then we'll go to some baseball. Dearness Johnson, the fantasy flex option that people were picking up left and right because both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were out with injuries. Baker Mayfield is out as well. I mean, my Browns—they're hurting right now. They've got a lot of players who are just. Out. That's really all I can say. But Dearness Johnson came into this game 146 rushing yards. He is the first Brown with 100 or more rushing yards in his first start since 1987. I actually picked up Dearness in our pod league. So I'm very, very happy with that pickup. Sometimes it pays to be in last place, then you get the best waivers. So, and I am undefeated in the one league still. And the guy who I'm going against, had to earn us. So I was like, Oh boy, it was kind of like, you know, picking my battle. Like, which one do I want? Do I want him to succeed so I can win a pod league game or do I want him to kind of do bad? But I have Derek Henry, Cooper cup, Lamar Jackson. I think I'll be fine. Hopefully can still pull it out and be undefeated. Other football one after the Packers beat the bears over a week ago. Now at this point, Aaron Rodgers has defeated eight different bears quarterbacks. Drew, do you want to try and take a stab at any of these quarterbacks? There's eight different ones that Aaron Rodgers defeated. No way you can get all eight, obviously. Oh my God. Um, well, Jay Cutler is an obvious. Um, let, let's go through Trubisky. Um, yep. And then Fields, he just beat, technically. Obviously, yep. Okay, you're at three. Um, Some of these other ones are insane. I mean, did Foles technically? No? Nope, he did not count. He technically does. Okay, Um. I mean, I should be able to get more of these guys. Uh, does Dalton count? Nope. No, nope, because they were backups. Um, these are like some of the scrub names that when you hear, you'll be like, Matt oh, Barkley. I remember Matt Barkley. Name. Fun yes. fact. Yep. He, he was actually one, one of them. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. I'm at four, I think. Yep. That's four. <laughs> Name the other four. I don't want to. Mike Glennon. Um, this is a fun one. Brian Hoyer. Josh McCown. I don't even know who that is. And Kyle Orton. I never even heard of those last two. I, I did pretty good. Four out of eight. Oh, yeah. Not bad at all. Better than I expected, actually. So Aaron Rodgers, he owns the Chicago Bears, as we know. The Red Sox, first team in postseason history with three grand slams in a single series. We'll talk World Series coming up. Sadly, Red Sox couldn't get the job done, but man, their bats were flying. So 
that was good to see. They held on for a while, and then eventually Astros came through. Speaking of, Dusty Baker, ninth manager, Major League Baseball history to win an AL and NL pennant. So that is a beautiful job there. And the Dodgers became the first team in postseason history to have a player with a three-home run game and a player with a two-home run game. So absolutely unstoppable. Nothing you can do there. Psych, the Atlanta Braves are going to the World Series. Braves and Astros, we will preview it coming up. And that'll be our deciding factor in the Brewers Prediction Challenge. The date today, October 25th, 2021. Let's go back to 1905. On this day, the first college football Crab Bowl Classic. Navy beats Maryland 17-0 in Annapolis. Navy almost beat Number two is Cincinnati. So shout out to Garrett Holson, goes to Navy. He was texting me the whole way through thinking that Navy could get the upset. Sadly, they didn't. But still, that would have been huge if Navy upset the number two seed. On this day, 1953, Otto Graham, a quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, sets a club record. This is Graham Mertz style with four fumbles. So Otto Graham will forever go down in the history book with four fumbles, a Browns record. Now, this is a very odd one. However, it was fitting with what we just saw this past Saturday with that Illinois and Penn State game. On this day, 1968, the longest Olympic field hockey game, the Netherlands beat Spain one to nothing in six overtimes. I mean, this is like watching a baseball game that goes 19 innings and it's 0-0. Can you imagine watching over two hours and 25 minutes of field hockey tied 0-0 until the six overtime? That would be an interesting experience. I, I don't know if I'd want to experience that, Jordan. I'll be honest. I don't think so. I watched a little field hockey when they had them in the Olympics this past summer, but it's just not like you watch it once and then you're kind of like, all right, I've seen enough. Like you don't even need to watch a full game. So on this day in 1975, the Denver Nuggets held their first game at the McNichols Sports Arena. They beat the St. Louis Spirits. That is a very odd team, but the Nuggets defeated them 12 years later on this day in 1987 the minnesota twins win their first world series beating the cardinals in seven games so that was the 84th world series a little boxing before we move on here on this day in 1990 evander holyfield knocks out buster douglas in three rounds for the heavyweight championship buster douglas a little past his prime at this point and finally 12 years ago on this day in 1909 the yankees beat the angels Four games to two in the American League Championship Series. Anything to wrap things up for on this day? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, the 2009, I mean, American League Championship Series, Jordan. I mean, we saw Yankees finally get the job done after they had that dreadful nine-year stretch of not winning a World Series. So I didn't mind. Yeah, and now they have to deal with not winning one since. So good. It's good good for baseball. You know, it is very good for baseball. It's like when the Patriots were in the Super Bowl every year over and over and over. So and the Angels made me think of Shohei Otani soon enough. He'll be getting that World Series eventually. I believe in it. But that's all we got. So before our weekly sports talk segment, we did it last week as well. Got to put it in here. Stamps.com. Thank you guys for sponsoring the podcast. Let's go to that ad right now. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. 
Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle on Etsy, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment. And within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stance.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeliness to easily find the best option. Save money and time with Stamps.com. Guys, there's no risk, and with our promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. One more time, our promo code is POD at Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, thanks to Stamps.com. Beautiful job there, Jordan Lorenz, on that live read. Drew, I have to admit, though, when I read it the first time, and it said the promo code of P-O-D, I was very confused, and I didn't know what that meant. And then I realized it was short for podcast. So that was oh, my blonde my moment goodness. there. That was, I'm the blonde was, one. You are, but it is, that was my moment. I read it three times, because like the first time I did it, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. But then I wanted to do it a second time just to see. Second time, botched it redid it a third time. And I was like, all right, this is a good one. And then I was just thinking about POD. I'm like, what does that stand for? And finally, I figured it out. So go to stamps.com, use our promo code. Thank you guys for sponsoring the podcast. And we'll see what sponsor we get next week. So it'll be a fun little surprise there. Maybe we'll have stamps again. Maybe we'll have someone new. We got a lot to talk about here this week. Whew. I mean, where do you even start is the question. Let's start in the world of the National Basketball Association. It's back, baby. You and Clay previewed the NBA season last week. Clay did great in trivia. It's like, um, but good job, Clay. Thanks for filling in, by the way. Bucks beat the Nets. Banner night, ring night, 127 to 104. But then a disastrous loss to the Miami Heat, 137 to 95. Wasn't even close at the half. I don't know what happened there. And then a 10 point win over the Spurs, 121 to 111. So, first thoughts, Drew, through the season so far. I mean, Giannis, he's still working on finding his touch from three. Sure, he did some good stuff in preseason, but he's still not quite there yet. I think, from what I've seen, Grayson Allen hasn't been doing too bad, but will certainly benefit from Dante DiVincenzo finally being back. Drew Holiday's been all right so far. Middleton's been decent. Pat Connaughton's been doing fine as well. Yeah, one thing I want to highlight I mean, we talked about it in the other episode. Giannis's jumper looks great. I mean, I took him in my dynasty league first overall for a reason. The dude, the dude's an absolute study leads the bucks right now points, rebounds, assists, and player efficiency rating like the usual, of course. So nothing you could be upset about there. I mean, they're granted they're three games into the year. They actually just picked up their second win uh, Saturday night against the Spurs. So good job for the bucks there. But I, I really like seeing these rookies get some nice play time. We've seen Jordan Wara play. We saw him play against the Nets opening night. We even saw Galexandro Mamukalashvili. He's been getting some great minutes for the Bucks right now as well. So I really like seeing these rookies and these second-year guys really really making an impact for this team on the bench right now. I mean, with, with DiVincenzo out, and there's been some other guys who have been game-time decisions and whatnot. So it's been good to see the depth come in. And yeah, I think Grayson Allen's been a great addition so far. I'm really glad they even extended him to your $20 million. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. He just he, he looks good right now. I mean, he fits with the Bucks, and he's been playing really well. I mean, he's able to 
uh, roll as a dunker sometimes. I mean, not, he's not rolling off a screen, but he's he's coming to the basket, waiting for the ball to get a dunk. He's been splashing some threes. He's been he's been a solid offensive player for this team, and he's he he works his butt off on the defensive end as well. So I like this Bucks team this year. I mean, I liked hey. him last year too. I, I like the Bucks. Oh yeah, and it was just a fluke right away with that heat loss. So, I mean, whatever. It's still very early in the season. We are not going to be doing a Bucks prediction challenge like we did for Brewers. It's really not the same. But preview of the week a little bit real quick. October 25th, tonight, it's 6 o'clock. They head to Indiana, play the Pacers, and then two days later on Wednesday, host the Timberwolves. Then they play the Spurs again next Saturday on the 30th at the Pfizer Forum. And then they host the Jazz on the 31st. So obviously the Jazz will be a tough test. They get the Spurs again. Shouldn't be too bad. Pacers and Timberwolves. Kind of easy dubs there, I would say. Yeah, I like this week for the Bucks. I mean, the Jazz, that's going to be a tough test because they're, I mean, they're a great regular season team, as we saw. But I, I like the Bucks this week, two and one, like, maybe. Yeah, that, maybe. that's probably fair. I mean, probably maybe have four wins in a row coming into that Jazz game. And then it's still regular season, does matter. But in the long run, it's really just all about your playoffs and how you show up there. So anything else for Bucks? Or are we going to Badgers now? Yeah, we want to keep it brief for the Bucks this week. So, Let's talk about the Badgers' big win on Saturday. Yeah, and it's for the Bucks, real quick, just to tie things up. It's still so early in the season. We don't have a whole lot of stats to go off of. There's not like any common themes we can talk about or pick on or anything like that. But I'm trying to follow the NBA a little more this season. I mean, I saw Steph Curry had a huge night the other day. He was had 25 points in the first quarter. Jalen Brown put on a show for the Celtics as well. They lost in double overtime to the Knicks. On their opening day, I got to figure out the Celtics team. I barely know any of the people on it. I mean, besides Smart, Tatum, and Brown, it's like, woof, I, I got to figure this team out. So, And they got Al Horford back, so that's that. But as for the Badgers, 30-13 to 13 win over a number 25 team. They beat a ranked team. Sure, they were the lowest possible ranked team, but they beat them, and that's all that mattered. 13-13 at halftime. Then it was all Badgers in the second half, which we usually don't see at all. It's usually the opposite, but the Badgers put up 10 points in the fourth quarter, don't allow any second-half points. Graham Mertz threw the ball eight times in this game. So I have I understand what they're doing, right? You got Ches Maluzzi, you got Braylon Allen. Boom. That's your one-two combo. Just feed them, let them go for it. They both had over 140 yards, three combined touchdowns between the two. Braylon Allen averaged 11.7 yards per carry he had a huge 70 yard run badgers at like their own five yard line allen he's a big boy from fond du Lac, but he sprinted through that hole 70 yards 12 of carries 140 yards for him 27 carries 149 yards for malusi malusi got banged up a little bit during the game but thankfully he was all right i just have to say though Grammert only threw the ball eight times how is he ever going to get better and improve if all we're doing is running the ball well, Jordan, if you want to win the football game, you can't have Grammarts throw the football. So my, my <laughs> he thing didn't is throw it once. He did not throw the ball one time in the second half. That That's why they and look at the second half, put up 17. And that that's solely why you can't have Grammarts throw the ball in a big game. That's why this this Badger team, they're such a liability when they play. They play an opponent who can figure out how to stop the run, because when you stop the run out with this Wisconsin Badger team, you stop the Badger offense and. When you're able to do that, you're really able to just make their defense work, which their defense is incredible. Chanel and uh, Sanborn, they, they played phenomenal today with, I mean, Chanel had three and a half sacks. He had eight tackles. And then Sanborn, Sanborn of course, played big as well. Like those guys Huge should be game. all Americans at the linebacker position. Just 
their linebacking core, linebacker core is just phenomenal. And they were really able to stop this Penn State offense. I mean, it was negative 13 rushing yards. And then also O'Connell threw four, four interceptions, their main quarterback. They also have, they throw Plummer in there once in a while, which we yeah, saw they today. a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. They, they run an interesting offense there at Purdue, but um, yeah, I mean, big badger win. Like you, you touched on Malusi and Allen. They both played really well. I think this was Malusi's best best game of the season. I don't know if you agree with me on that. I would, yeah, have to agree. Yeah, and I I really liked what I saw from the Badgers today. But still, my concern is when you play an opponent who can figure out how to stop the run, you're gonna beat you're gonna beat Graham Mertz because he likes to fumble. I mean, he likes stuff. He likes to turn the ball over. Is how I'd put it. There were so many turnovers in the game on the Saturday. It was great. I think they had five coming into the third quarter at the end of the third quarter combined. Like it was a sloppy, sloppy game at parts. And now this coming up this Saturday, 11 o'clock, probably on Fox, Badgers in Iowa. And now I have to say, I'm not nearly as concerned about this Iowa game as I once was. Looking at Iowa, they had a bye this past week so that the Iowa did not play. Iowa's coming off a 24-7 loss to, you guessed it, Purdue. So Iowa lost by 17 points to a Purdue team that Wisconsin just beat. Penn State, they just lost to nine overtimes to unranked Illinois. Iowa only beat Penn State by three points. I mean, Iowa, they've beaten a team, two five, basically three 500 teams, and then two teams who are barely just over it. Iowa really hasn't played a whole lot of great teams. Sure, Iowa's a great football team themselves. You really can't say anything bad about them. However, just looking at Iowa's past two performances, they had a whole week, whole two weeks to prepare for Wisconsin. Now, obviously, they'll be coming ready, but I'm not as concerned as I once was when we basically rode off Wisconsin three weeks ago. I'm look, I'm I'm concerned about next week, and it's Nothing against how Wisconsin played today. I mean, I, I'd say I'm less concerned than last week, but I'm still pretty concerned. I I, I, I can't trust Graham Mertz in the big game. I can't trust him in the big game. And next week, it's a big game. I mean, this week was a big game, but again, it was number 25 Purdue. And I mean, even Vegas actually had Wisconsin favored to win this game, even though the scenario and what happened last week, like Wisconsin was still favored to win this game. We, we can't act like this was this big Big upset. I mean, they're three and a half point favorites coming in. So I think next week is going to be like, it's going to be a tough test. Not going to lie. And I, I'm worried about how this Wisconsin team fares against the Hawkeyes. So I, I, I don't know. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but Graham, I think Graham Mertz is going to have to throw the football. So whatever that my, means. Love my boy Graham Mertz, but we just don't have a whole lot of faith in him throwing the ball. And the game is. Games at home, too. So, I mean, that could change things a little bit. I just had to look over my shoulder and see. It is at home. So, you never know. You never know what can happen at Camp Randall, soon to be Barry Alvarez Field. Any other Badger comments? Are we moving to volleyball? Let's go to volleyball here. Ooh, this is exciting. Last year, the ships made it all the way to the state finals. Came up short, second place. But this year, they're primed to make another run. Two-seed, Manitowoc Lincoln, just demolished Oshkosh North. This game wasn't even close. 25-3 in the first set. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That's insane. 25-10 in the second and 25-9 in the third. So Oshkosh North, not even a problem. This past Saturday, two days ago, sweep over West Bend West. 
a clean 25-17 sweep all around. All three sets were 25-17. So talk about consistency. And now, coming up this Thursday, October 28th, the ships head to Hartford Union, where they play number three Watertown. So it's number two against number three. Fond du Lac, the four seed, lost to Hartford Union. So it's Oconomowoc and Hartford Union at the top of the bracket. At the bottom of the bracket is Lincoln and Watertown. Watertown's coming off a five-set win, but it was very, very close. They lost the first set 25-11. Wasn't close there. They won sets two and three, 25-21, 25-23. Very, very close. Then they lost 25-21 in set four. And then they won the fifth and final set 16 to 14. So it doesn't get any closer than that. Nina did all they could to defeat Watertown. Ships are going to play them coming up this Thursday. And then it would be interesting if they play Oconomowoc in the sectional final, because years ago would have been, was it my, I think it was my senior year. The ships and Oconomowoc played in the sectional final and they lost. They lost in four sets. They won the first and then got reverse swept. So we were hyped. They win the first set. We think we're going to state and boom, they get reverse swept. So a huge rematch possibly incoming on Saturday between ships and Oconomowoc. But I don't have a lot of faith in the ships team. They lost, obviously they lost quite a few people from last year in that state run, but I can't complain with what they're doing so far. And Drew, any comments on the ships or are you moving on to your volleyball little bracket side to discuss? Yeah, I'll talk about that. But Jordan, I remember you were at that game because I was yes. working at the Dairy Queen. I ah, we went to take off. I remember I had to take off. Someone had to take my shift. Yep. And um, yeah, hopefully Lincoln makes it again. We, we'd love to have the Lincoln volleyball team on to talk about their season. I mean, they they had a great spring season. We you did that emergency episode when they made it to state. That was we awesome. all remember that. That was early back in the days of Jordan Drew, the sports. Oh, yeah, crew, but, that was like way early on. I mean, their coach, Mary Beth Dixon, lives like um, I can walk in less than a minute, 30 seconds from my house. I can just go over microphone in my hand, have a little talk with her. That sounds like a great idea. Um, but I got the division three WI state tournament for the volleyball teams, uh, the three and four sectional. Um, yeah, we're, we're not D2 anymore for Valders. So we, we got bumped down to D3. So which is a that, good thing. Yeah, you play smaller schools. So Valors got the fourth seed. We saw them beat. I'll just run through these. They beat Mishkot in four sets. They beat Sheboygan Area Lutheran in four sets. And then they run into number one Howard's Grove. And Brett Damro, baby. We know Howard's Grove. We had Brett Damro on. And he actually reached out to me before this game. He's like, he's like, hey, we're playing Valders tonight. Uh, maybe you get a, a live pod in at the game. And I'm like, oh, well, Brett, I, I really wish I could. But I'm down in Milwaukee, so I was able to catch some of the live streams. So that was great to see. But not great to see as a Valders fan, though. That's kind of... Uh, yeah, that's a little disappointing. 25-7, 25-19, a close second game, and then 25-9. So, yeah, this Howard's Grove team, they, they're not messing around. They, they know they got work to get done. And and Brett, Brett really, I mean, he applauds his, his girls and his team he's got going there, and rightfully so. I mean, they mean strictly business. They've gotten they've got some easy sweeps already so far this year. They're six. They haven't lost a game yet. The most points they've allowed is 19 in the game. Haven't even allowed above 20 yet in the That's playoffs. Crazy. Yeah. This, this Howard's Grove team, they're, they're not messing around and they will, they will face Manitowoc Lutheran, the two seed oh, at baby. Howard's Grove. And that will be a, a Thursday night, Thursday, October 28th. That game will be so, and that's at Howard's Grove. So Jordan, if you want to make a road trip with me, might have to go to 
Howard's Grove for a volleyball game to meet with Brett Damro after. Well, let's go to their state. They're obviously going to make it. We'll go to state. Hopefully. And yeah, and Brett Matt mentioned maybe, maybe we can have some of the team on and himself on if they make it to state or if they win at state, which we were like, of course, Brett, we, we would love that. So just, just that might happen. Not saying it will or not. Just you think but, you need some press credentials for the rush center. Yeah. I, I hope he can. I, we got to reach out to him. That'd be insane. Yeah. But Howard's Grove, Mantuak Lutheran for the one and two. And at the top, I'll just briefly mention it. They'll either face whoever wins that will face the winner of Shoreland Lutheran or Kenosha Christian life. So we got some smaller schools here, Jordan. The How about the eight seed upsetting the one Kenosha St. Joseph Catholic Academy beats the Prairie School. What an upset. It's playoffs. Anything can happen, Jordan. And that, yeah, that, that was something else there. Kenosha Christian life playing on the eight seed. Yeah. So Kenosha versus Kenosha. Kenosha wins, of course, Christian life. <laughs> and then Shoreland Lutheran beat Living Word Lutheran to get to the sectional semifinals. So that's how that will round out at least that for like games of interest right now for volleyball for D3. So hopefully Howard's Grove, they do well. We wish them the best. I mean, Valder's hats off to them. They made it to the regional final. It was a great year for them. They tied for the share and to win conference with, I believe, two rivers. So great year for Valder's. Nope. Can't hang your head for that. So now, I mean, we're in a winter sports for Valders. Other than the cross-country team, Jordan, I got to briefly mention it. I'm sorry. Please. We weren't able to include it at the start. Valders cross-country, they are in D3 this year. They're absolutely dominating D3 because they got moved down from D2 to D3. Competition, not so great compared to D2. So they were at the sectional today. Manitowoc Lutheran hosted it, so it was actually in Manitowoc. So what happened was basically Valders boys, they were – Heavily favored, of course, because, I mean, their top two guys were the one and two seed, Shane Griebuchog, Clay Taylor, minutes, um, 60 seconds plus ahead of the the next person from the other of the other team, basically, from other te- schools. So Not even close. They were heavily favored. They easily won the sectional to make it to state. And then also the Valors girls this year at D3, they took second at sectional today. So we'll see them at state as well. So Valors girls and Valors boys cross country. Both teams making it to state. What a successful year so far. Hopefully they can cap it off with some recognition at state. And I know they will. So uh, hopefully uh, next Saturday, then it is at uh, Wisconsin Rapids. It's always there. I actually made the trip out once there. It's beautiful. You got to go if you can. It's a lot of fun. And actually, when I went last time, it was snowing. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Oh, but my goodness. No, thank yeah, you. It, it's some fun supporting cross country. I mean, it's one of those sports we talk about. They don't get a lot of love. So. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can have some cross country athletes on as well. We always love to talk to some runners. I mean, we, we talked to Spencer strike Johnny Timmy. We did some cross country as well. So we got those guys on before. Hopefully we can have more guys on. So that's kind of my high school talk. And now you want to go to football? Yes. I just wanted to wrap up real quick for volleyball while you were talking. One of the most fun things in the world to do on these brackets is go to like the lower division. So like football goes to D seven, but even for volleyball division four, I'm looking at sectional three. There is a team named Kickapoo, K-I-C-K-A-P-O-O. I mean, like, these are the most random teams. I have no clue where any of these are. There's one named Rio. Like, that's obviously not Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I don't know where any of these places are, but it is. if you're ever bored one day, trust me, just find, like, old volleyball, old football brackets, and look up old team names. It'll make you laugh. It'll be a fun time. And other thing, Division Three. I noticed, like, we were talking about that Howard's Grove game is at Howard's Grove. It's not like that in D1. I mean, D1's playing at neutral sites. 
like I said, ships playing at Hartford Union when they play Watertown. So I just noticed that kind of stood out as well. I like the neutral site, though. It's like, you know, it's a big fight feel when all of a sudden the two dueling student sections are going to school they might have never been at before. And boom, there they are to show the support for their team. I love it. And we can't wait to talk about some volleyball next week. Hopefully all good things on episode 34, high school football time. And we got some baseball to round things off. So then we got Packers too. After this, we'll be moving back up. Bayport defeats Manitowoc Lincoln 56-14. Sad way for the ships to go out. They don't have a whole lot on here. I think Max Mayigator got the garbage time, as we call it, in the second half because he threw five passing attempts. So I don't know if they played Brett Prangy more of running back in the second half and had Mygator as quarterback. He's only a sophomore, so he's got two more years. This is great playoff experience for him. I don't mind the call at all. Brett Prangy, one of three, 22 yards, 15 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Got to give credit to the Kenton Beasley, a 92-yard kick return for a touchdown. So that's how the ship scored their 14 points in the second quarter. I mean, it was so close. It was 21-14, basically going into the half. Then all of a sudden, Bayport poured it on. It was 35-14. Then a 21-point third quarter, Bayport ends the Cinderella run of Manitowoc Lincoln before it could even begin, 56 14. So now Bayport plays Marquette University. The six seed just upset the three seed. There's so many schools that they beat. It was Milwaukee Marshall, Carmen Northwestern, it must be, Milwaukee Juno, and Milwaukee Languages. I don't even know what's going on there, but Marquette got the job done. Marquette beat the ships in my senior year as well when we ended up going to Marquette 35 7. I believe the ships lost to them. So Bayport and Marquette is the matchup there, but we're going to talk, obviously, about our Eastern Wisconsin teams. Keel loses. I'm just going right down the line of what I'm reading here. Keel loses to Catholic Memorial 42-6. to So, Keel, there aren't any stats on our Raiders, but Drew, as expected, they lose. And honestly, they didn't lose as bad as I expected. Yeah, people were saying 60-plus, including Robert and myself. And there were, there were some questions if they were even able to go. They were going to put points up throughout the game. So, them putting up six is... I mean, nothing to hang your heads about here either. I mean, you're playing Catholic Memorial, number one school in D4. We talked about it. This kill team is not the same team they faced. They they had even two years ago when they faced them in the championship. So uh, this was this game was an easy prediction. Absolutely. And same as this one, Lake Country Lutheran, 44-0 over New Holstein. This is terrible. If these are all the stats they have, Henry Snell, 10 carries, minus seven yards. Cody Obler, five carries, minus four yards. Tyler Gabriel, four carries, minus one yard. Only player at positive rushing yards. Mason Bouloudin, seven carries for 67 yards. So he must have broke free at one time. Henry Snell, one of four passing, two yards with an interception. But Drew, we knew this one as well. New Holstein goes down pretty bad. Yeah, Lake Country, Luton, that team is incredible. They got going right there. So enough said about that. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. 33-0 over Chilton. I expected a little more, but... How about this? Bennett Olsen, six carries, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. Galoff was second, as you would expect, 15 carries for 96 yards. Mitchell Kotarabic, nine carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns for Kotarabic, two for Olsen. Mason Begke only had to throw the ball three times, but one of those was an interception, so that's not a good look. I mean, if you're one of three with for six yards, you're like, okay, whatever, that's fine, but you can't be throwing an interception on one of those three plays. I'm sure it was just a screen pass or something as well that didn't go right, but 33-0, brilliant, gets the job done. 
this is what we expected as well. Did you expect a little more? Did you expect Berlin to pound the ball a little more? Only four touchdowns? I said a three or four score game. This is kind of what I said. I mean, I, I kind of were in the ballpark I was predicting here. Yeah, 33 nothing. I mean, still nothing wrong with that. This was a, I knew this was going to be a good game, even though Robert said Denmark would kind of wipe the floor with TR. I knew they would stay in it, as did you. I was very happy that you predicted. And 18 6, Denmark beats the river, so they kept it close. Klinker had to throw the ball 20 times, but only got 84 yards out of it. One touchdown, two interceptions. Chase Mathias held to just 104 yards. So, I mean, this kid was breaking records left and right. Kind of disappointing to go out on 104 yards, but he's still got two more years left in him. I think this TR team will be fine. Yeah, and I am I was really rooting for the Raiders here because, like you said, I, I thought this was going to be a close game. I thought TR could actually come out with a victory this game. And Yeah, they kept it close, and... Yeah, nothing. They got they got two years left to chase Matthias, and that's all you need. So, I mean, this two rivers team is going to be dangerous the next two years in the EWC for sure. Yeah, they are certainly going to be one of the top teams in it. And then a seven touchdown performance from Robbie Michaels. KLC wins 59 nothing. This we knew exactly what was going to happen as expected. 26 of 30, which is just incredible. 431 yards and seven touchdowns. Robbie Michael only had to carry the ball six times, so they were focused on a pass-heavy attack. I'm assuming they were going for the record, and boy, did they get it. A perfect passer rating for Robbie Michael. That's Stefani, eight carries, 58 yards with a touchdown. Casey Verhagen, 14 receptions, 250 yards with four touchdowns. Gerdakis had 99 yards, so just shy of 100, but he, Hendrickson, and Heinen all had a receiving touchdown. My goodness, Drew. We already talked about Robbie Michael. He's something else, but this is what we expected here. And now KLC, they have the honor of hosting or heading to Denmark. Let's preview it a little bit. KLC, the three seed, heading to number two, Denmark. I still stand my ground and say KLC gets the job done at Denmark. I like KLC in this matchup as well. I think yep. I, I think how TR played with an 18-6 victory, I, I don't know. I think this KLC team, if they're able to worry about how their, how their defense fares, but I mean, TR's defense only allowed 18 to them. So I like KLC in this three versus two matchup. So let's go and KLC. Then, yes, absolutely. And then going up the one, the four, Keel was the eight seed in the same sectional as well, or in the same bracket of the sectional. So it's Catholic Memorial and Wrightstown playing at Catholic Memorial. I think we're likely to see a Catholic Memorial KLC showdown. That's going to be fantastic if we get it. That will be, and that will be at Catholic Memorial, Jordan. And they play in they play at Carroll University in Waukesha. Oh, so well. that's pretty close to myself. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll make the trip. But yeah, Friday, November fifth. Oh, maybe we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're busy that day, you never know what could happen. But all these games obviously happening this coming Friday on the 29th, 7 p.m. And then brilliant. The other team we have to talk about, they play at Wittenberg Burnhamwood, if I'm even pronouncing that right, right on the road there. We talked about Brilliant 33 nothing. Wittenberg won 54-12 over number seven Tomahawk. So some fun teams there, but this is going to be a very tough test for Brilliant. I'm sure if we had Robert on, he would say Brilliant's going to win this game probably by two scores, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't really know anything about Wittenberg Burnhamwood, I could do some research and get a little more back, but this is going to be tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to do some research here. They're eight and three this year. They averaged 28.6 a game. 
And Not a whole lot. Their one loss is to seven zero Amherst, and that's Amherst. We know is that's the one football, seed in the same bracket, actually. So football powerhouse, yeah. So makes sense, and they beat Stratford this year. I mean, this is a this is a pretty good Wittenberg. That's, yeah, Burnwood that's not bad team. at all. So hopefully, I mean, I'll be rooting for Brilliant. It's the EWC. We got to root for them. Um, but it'll be tough. I I'm gonna say I like Brilliant though. Because okay. we got we got a root for EWC, go brilliant. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love rooting for the teams, but I just like being realistic as well. That Stratford team is the number two seed in the top of the bracket. They just beat Westby 34 to 6. So that is all we got for high school, unless you have anything else. Nope, that's all. Let's go EWC. Yes, that is all we have to say. I'm sure we'll still be seeing KLC and possibly Brilliant both alive next week as well, which would be fantastic. Now, as we said earlier, we're recording. Saturday night, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and Packers, you know, they beat Washington really wasn't even close 31 10 win Packers beat Washington Cardinals demolished Houston. That wasn't even close either. I mean, that one was even worse. That one was a 42 to three win for the Cardinals huge win, but imagine if my predictions were right there. I just tossed those numbers out out of nowhere this Thursday, huge matchup between the green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, Thursday night, prime time game. As of right now on our Saturday night, Cardinals are favored to win. The game is at Arizona. Packers likely 6-1 and one against a 7-0 and oh Cardinals team. Man, are the Packers going to be the first team of the year to beat the Arizona Cardinals? I say yes. Don't we have to say yes, Jordan? I, I... Well... I mean, I feel like we have to, but we also have to be realistic. Well, I, I really like what I've seen out of their pass rush, even their their, their interior defense and guys like Rashawn Gary at, as a pass rusher too. And like, of course, Kenny Clark. I mean, they they look locked in. They look they look really good this year. And this defense, I mean, it was a little, it was, of course, week one, it was very tough. But I, I don't know. I like this defense. I know we have Jair on the IL for, Two more weeks, I think, or a week, or is Possibly, he back? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, it just isn't. Well, his... we should have we should have Bakhtiari back for this game. I know you're talking about defense, but that's huge. That's definitely going to be huge as well. But I'm I'm worried, of course, about this defense. How are you going to stop Kyler Murray and that electric mm-hmm. Cardinal offense? But I I think this Packer team, I think they could they could. You got Aaron Rodgers, and he's a bad man, as we know. So I think. If you got Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you have a chance to win any game, basically, is kind of how I look at it. And, I mean, Kyler Murray, like we've said, right now he's, pro- he's probably the MVP favorite right now. So, Possibly. I mean, this, hard to argue. 6-0 and Cardinals team. For sure a game-of-the-year candidate, just right looking at it right now. I mean, it certainly has the makings that could be one. And it dep- obviously it depends if the Packers were to lose. It depends how they look in a loss. But I'm not writing this Packer teams out if they do lose to the Cardinals. I'm sure this will be a close game coming down to the wire. Maybe we see some Aaron Rodgers magic once again at prime time, as we saw in that 49ers game. Cardinals picked up Zach Ertz, though, in a trade with the Eagles, so that's interesting. They had Max Williams, one of their good, real good tight ends, go out. He's out for the rest of the year, so now they have Ertz, which is a great pickup. We saw him explode the other Thursday night in a prime time game for the Eagles. Chase Edmonds is still Kind of iffy as a running back. He was taken over. Obviously, we know they lost Kenyon Drake. He's a Raider now. Edmonds, for this Cardinals team, he's been kind of banged up a little bit. Hasn't been doing too well. James Conner taking most of those goal line ones, getting a lot of the points. I think it's a good one-two punch. 
but I like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a little bit more than them. And then it comes down to the receiving core, but it also comes down to Kyler Murray. And as we know, it's just how do you stop the guy, right? Are you going to sell out thinking that they're going to hand it off? Are you going to think that he's going to run the ball? Are they going to throw the ball? There's a lot of questions, a lot of variables, and I don't think either of these teams will be on a negative on just short rest because they both had pretty easy weeks. But Packers, Cardinals, it's going to be a good game this Thursday night. And if you don't have anything else to say, it's time to preview the World Series. Let's go to the World Series preview then. I mean, this is so Braves beat the Brewers, as we all know. Very, very sad, but they did it. And I can say now, I am much more happy with them losing to the Braves now that the Braves are in the World Series, right? If you lose to a team that ends up either winning it all or coming very close to winning it all, I have no problem in you losing to them. The Braves just beat the Dodgers four games to two, and they won 4-2 in this final game six. Your thoughts on this Braves team, and then we'll talk about the Astros. Yeah, this Braves team coming into the year, I mean, I I don't know what I thought, but just looking at, at how it turned out with Ronald Acuna with that torn ACL, I mean, everyone wrote the Braves off, and what they did in that front office is really what stood out to me. They were able to just, they went out there, and they just got as many outfielders as possible. They were like, and they got some relievers as well, like guy like Richard Rodriguez, but they're, what they did was remarkable. They picked up guys like Eddie Rosario, who's had a big postseason, Jock Peterson, big postseason, oh, Jorge hey. Soler, Adam Duvall. Like they picked up all these guys at the deadline, and it's really paid off. I mean, if they don't pick up those guys, Rosario's had a he had a big NLC or an NLCS, and um, we saw Jock have those big home runs against the Brewers in the NLDS. So I'm very sick of them calling him Jocktober. That is very that old, so terrible. And I did Eddie Rosario get that NLCS MVP, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, I didn't even look. I can do some research. He he actually he did get that NLCS MVP and rightfully so. I mean yes, he, he had he had one of the greatest um, uh, championship series in um, or one of the greatest series in Braves postseason history. So, and he he came at the deadline from the Indians. So that was that was something else to see there. And I mean he didn't do much in that NLDS, but no, really I mean, not he at just, all. These guys just they got hot when they need to, and we saw this with the 2019 Nationals. It, it's the same thing here where. Brewers run into a team that is just hot and they, they just, they lose. And that's what happened here. I mean, this, this Braves team, they beat the Brewers in four and then boom, they play the Dodgers. And this Dodgers team was very, they were heavily favored to win the, win the pennant and Braves went in six. And I mean, I, I got to shout out guys like Max Fried as well, pitched a phenomenal second half in postseason. guy like Charlie Morton. And he's a big postseason pitcher as well. He, he's, he showed up of course. And they just got some big, big outings from other guys like Ian Anderson. It, it, this is a good Braves team. And I, I was shocked to see how many people wrote them off with Acuna going out. But I mean, it's baseball. It's only one player. But they, they were able to prove people wrong. They made the right moves at the deadline. And boom, we see them playing into October, late October now. So, Jordan, what do you think? Well, yeah, that's one of the beauties about baseball, right, is you don't need one guy. So this isn't like football if Aaron Rodgers were to go out. Our whole offense is thrown off. This isn't like the NBA if Giannis were to go out and the Bucs. I mean, they would have severely ruined their chances of making it to the NBA Finals if Giannis would have been out for those games and the rest of the series and didn't get to play in the Finals, obviously. But you can't look back on those things, right? This Braves team, boom, lost to Cunha. Oh, well, 
They remodeled well. You talked about all their big pickups they made. I mean, 3-2 win over Dodgers in game one. One game two, 5-4. Then they lost 6-2, 1-9-2, lost 11-2. So those two games weren't really close. But then a 4-2 win in game six. I'm liking this Braves team. But then this Astros team coming in against a very hot Red Sox. But wow, these games were high scoring. 5-4 over the Red Sox in game one. Red Sox win game two, 9-5. In game three, 12 3, Astros put up nine in games four and five, winning nine two and nine one, and then winning five nothing. So I think we were at a point where people were kind of counting out this Astros team in the series, and boom, they just put up nine runs, nine runs, five runs. They're putting up runs as well. I think we're in for an exciting World Series. Whether people like the Astros or not, here they are. Yeah. Um, that Astros team, their offense is something else. Um, I mean, both like I, their rotation, they got guys like Luis Garcia. We'll see from Valdez. Um, and they, they have a nice bullpen as well down in Houston. So I, I don't know what I think of this series so far. I'm, I'm trying to process who I think is going to win right now, but usually, I mean, Eddie Rosario Rosario is coming off a 14 of 25 series. I mean, bad at five sixty against the Dodgers. Just want to point that out. I know we've mentioned him already, but unreal. This I, do we want to go out and make predictions? Because I think this is going to be a well, yeah, a good, pretty so good series. I think it'll be a good series. I probably won't watch all the games. You know, if I'm just bored sitting at home, I'll watch one if it's on. But I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. So here's the thing, right? Our Brewers prediction challenge. We mutually agreed that if the Brewers lost, that our records or not our records, but our predictions would be scratched. So you said Brewers in four. I said Brewers in five. I mean, I would have been correct because the Brewers would have had to win it in five games. But then you have the argument that you were correct because the series ended in four games, even though the Brewers didn't win. We're scratching that. So it's still a tie. I believe it's 12-12 or something like that. And it comes down to the World Series. So the World Series, Brewers aren't even in it. But this will decide who wins the Brewers Prediction Challenge for the year. I mean, fairy tale ending. We are, You couldn't write up a better ending to this than what we have here. So, Drew, like normal, you're going to pick, and it's going to be a coin toss from Siri once again. If you win the coin toss, you get to pick who wins, and I'm stuck with the other team. If you lose the coin toss, I pick who wins, and you're stuck with the other team. So I need a call, heads or tails? Tails. All right, here we go. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads. Boo. Heads it is, and I will be picking the Atlanta Braves. I'm going Braves to win the World Series just for fun. I think it'll be in six games. Awesome. I want Astros in six, so you can have that. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. So I guess that that does it then. So Braves or Astros, it's going to be one of them deciding who wins the Brewers predictions challenge. How about that? I mean, I don't, I'm not against the Astros winning, but kind of my morals didn't want to pick them. And I'm, I'm picking the team that beat the Brewers. That's that's always a good argument. That's why I can't be mad at you for picking that because, like in 2019 when the Nationals won, like it was like okay they beat the Brewers. Oh well, and then 2011 we saw the Cardinals win. Yep. Oh, look at that. Brewers lose the winner. So wouldn't shock me if the Braves won. It just because I this Braves team they just got hot when they needed to. And um, Astros, well I I think I don't know. I I like their offense and they know how to put runs up on the board. So we'll see. We will see indeed. Let's wrap it up with some trivia. We're back, baby. Finally, Jordan drew the sports screw. The wheel is here. I'm spinning it right now. There's four options 
on the wheel as it stands. We still have never landed on Drew's Choice, and we didn't this time either. It is Grab Bag, and now Grab Bag this season is on defunct teams. So you'll be getting options for every single one because some of these are tough, but here we go. Defunct teams, teams that are no longer with us, whether they changed names, moved locations. Are you ready? Let's go. This will be a fun one. Question one. What year did the Seattle Supersonics close operations? You're a basketball guy, so I don't know if you'll know this off the top of your head somehow. It's going to be like 2008, 2007, something like that. 2008 it is. I mean, you got it. Didn't even have to give the options. They were going to be 05, 06, or 08. And 2008 is indeed the correct answer. One of one start. Let's go. Next up. Talking about baseball. The Montreal Expos were in the MLB until what year? Would you like to guess just for fun? 2004. Oh, my God. You got it. I'm good. Nailed it. I don't goodness two for two doesn't even need the options true or false this one might be a little tougher true or false the memphis grizzlies were originally the vancouver grizzlies true yes do you know when they moved and changed to memphis? i'm gonna say i'm gonna go bold here i'm gonna say 1998 mm, just a few years later 2001 ah so close though way better than i would have done this next one i don't think you're gonna get it right but i threw it in here because it's a lot of fun the Atlanta Thrashers were an NHL team until what year? 1997, 2005, 2011. I'm going to say 1997. It's 2011. So you were on that. The, it was the last. 2005. Or, okay. Okay. Well, four, not four, five, three of four so far. Last question is in the world of the NFL. The Milwaukee Badgers. Began playing in the NFL in 1922. How many seasons did they last? Did they last just four seasons? Did they last a solid eight seasons? Or did they last a lengthy 13 seasons? I'm going to say four. It is four. They only lasted four years, and you nailed it. Four of five on trivia. Let's go. I've never even heard of the Milwaukee Badgers of you. Yeah. Um, Going to the Hall of Fame has really helped me out. Oh, not gonna okay. lie. I see that. Yeah, and you got a little of an edge there. A four of five. Lesson. Listen to this. You're 25 of 35 in season three of trivia. We're getting hot at the right time. That's what we're doing. This is, yes, this is something else. So, left, we have MLB MVP winners and mm. college bowl games 2021 2022. So, upcoming college bowl games. I'm glad we're saving that for later. But that'll put us at 45, so we'll have one more specialty, and then season three of Trivia will be over. So basically three weeks left, and you are hot so far. All you need is six more correct answers in three sessions, and you will have done better than seasons one and season two. We'll take it. Not bad at all. That's all we got. It is officially 12.04 a.m. as we finish recording. This is beautiful, our latest session ever, but maybe one of our best podcasts in a while. I think we nailed it. We had so many topics to discuss, so much to bring to you guys. Drew, what do we have coming up this week? What are our releases potentially, hopefully, going to be? Well, we might have someone coming on. We might be talking to Big East football. So the Big East Conference in Wisconsin, not the Big East for for basketball, not the for college. Yeah, they don't have football. Um, we might be talking, you know, maybe Robert Schimmick. We might do a little special with him for level two of the playoffs. We'll wait and see. And then, yeah, the Brewers season recap might be coming this week as well. So we got a lot of good stuff planned this week, like we have in past weeks. 
episode four of the college athlete spotlight will be coming out next Wednesday. We have a guest for that as well. We'll talk about that later. So yeah. Are you telling me we should quit this college thing right now and just do this full time? If we're up having four episodes this week, we might as well, Jordan. I'm joking. I'm joking. We'll we'll buy out a little place and we'll rent it out as a studio. And then we can have people come in. They can pay, uh, they can pay 10 bucks, you know, and they can watch a live podcast and we'll just do that. How's that sound? Yeah. um, It'd be fun, but it wouldn't be financially smart. Or in the long run, it would not benefit us yeah. at all. So don't forget, guys, hoodies. Last week to get your hoodies, black, navy, white. Hit us up, Instagram, Snapchat on all of them. We are there. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Jordan Drew this. Oh, my goodness. Jordan Drew the sports crew on Facebook. Jordan Drew the sports crew on YouTube. And that's all we got. Jordan Law underscore PXP. I just announced Green Bay's volleyball game yesterday. Breast cancer awareness game. Hopefully they got the win over IUPUI and I might be announcing UWGB girls soccer horizon league quarterfinal on Halloween this coming Sunday. Drew, where can the people find you? Yeah, you know, the drill Instagram, Twitter, Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. That wraps up episode 33 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.